Sometimes you find a niche. Sometimes the niche finds you. But somebody in the office heard that I was doing vacant lots. So it's like, it's like, you know, when you find an agent that does rentals, okay? Well, I'm going to give them all around because I don't really want it. Well, everybody saw, oh, he's doing five, $10,000 lots. I'll give him more of it. So after a while, it started getting more vacant lots. And that's how I found a niche. And that's what it started. And, but what really helped was, is that I found a niche of where nobody else wanted to do. Nobody else wanted to do it. So agents were like sending the work to me. And I'm just sitting back. I'm like, okay, I can do this. And it worked out. From then on, I just do vacant land. Mastermind Agent is proud to present success calls. Top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com. Hi, I'm Mike Cerrone with Mastermind Agent, and welcome to Real Estate Agent Success Calls. Today, we're talking with Bill Rotundo with Cowell Baker in Melbourne, Florida. Last year, he sold 409 properties, mostly vacant lots, worth $9 million as a solo agent. His average price was $22,000, with 30% buyers and 70% sellers. He's been an agent for 18 years. Welcome to the call, Phil. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Hey, Phil, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. Excited to talk to you today. Before we talk about what you're doing today, though, let's go back for a minute and talk about what you did before you got into real estate. When, uh, way back when, I was the assistant vice president for PNC Financial. I ran the international operations for the Philly, New York, and Pittsburgh office. Uh, resigned there, went, moved down to Florida. I became an, account, an accountant for Kiwanis of the West Side, which is a nonprofit organization. So that was really thrilling for a while. And then I decided to work for Bally's Total Fitness. I started out as the uh, in charge of the aerobics department, moved into sales, and then I became one of the managers for the uh, Bally's Total Fitness office in West Palm Beach, Florida. Wonderful job. Got to wear my T-shirt and shorts all day. Got paid very well. But Bally's went out of business. Uh, they closed their doors. And there I am in my 30s and 40s looking for a job. And um, that's when I got into real estate. Why did you pick real estate of all the options you had? I didn't have any options. <laughs> that was the problem. When you get into your 30s and 40s, you're trying to find a place to cover benefits. They're not going to hire you. Um, I, I, I left banking. And that's, that's a no-no. When you leave banking, you never can come back. Um, so it was really tough. So at that age, it was either sales or sales. Okay. <laughs> so I had to pick one and I decided, okay, well, real estate, good sales opportunity. Chose that. That's where I am right now. How'd that first year go for you? Let's take you all the way back. Because some people listening there in their first year, just thinking about getting in. How'd the first year go? And tell us about it. It was very hard. Um, I don't remember the name of the agent, uh, but I was sitting outside the, the, the office and I asked them, how well do you do in this business? What do I have to look forward to? And the agent so me looked at me and he said, you're not going to get your first check for six months. Figure that out, figure that. And he was right. My first check was six months later and it was for a rental for $90. That was my check. <laughs> and I'm like, oh boy, this is not going to be fun at all. Time to work really hard. But it, it was a tough year. It was a very tough year. How did you stick with it when it was tough like that? You didn't get a paycheck for six months. Then it was a little baby paycheck. What kept you in the game? I didn't know what else to do. It was either do sales with real estate or do sales to something else. And uh, I just decided to stick with it and continue and just keep pushing and hoping, hoping something would work out. Did a lot of front desk work. You know, I was on the front desk all the time. I was doing open houses all the time. I had my neighborhood that I was farming. 
I was just trying to get out there, do what I could. When did it click? When did things start to happen? Was, was there any kind of change or was it a gradual increase? I was on floor and I started to get a couple calls about vacant lots in the area. You know, I was talking to a couple of agents like, I don't want to be bothered with vacant lots. are too small. It's not even worth the aggravation. Move on to something else. But, you know, what else was I doing? I wasn't really doing anything else. So I was sitting on the floor and I said, okay, well, I'll help you out with a vacant lot. And sometimes you find a niche. Sometimes the niche finds you. But somebody in the office heard that I was doing vacant lots. So it's like, it's like, you know, when you find an agent that does rentals, okay? Well, I'm going to give them all around because I don't really want it. Well, everybody saw, oh, he's doing five, $10,000 lots. I'll give him more of it. So after a while, it started getting more vacant lots. And that's how I found a niche. And that's what it started. First, a quick word from our sponsor, Real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television. Need more referrals? Get a free script and simple three-part plan used by a top agent to receive and close 74 referral transactions in one year. Just go to freereferralscript.com. That's freereferralscript.com. Now, back to the show. Uh, luckily, in 2004, 2005, there was a boom in, in Florida. Okay, so everything was moving. So that helped. And But what really helped was is that I found a niche of where nobody else wanted to do. Nobody else wanted to do it. So agents were like sending the work to me. And I'm just sitting back. I'm like, okay, I can do this. And it worked out. Wow. So from then on, I just do vacant land. So you've done that pretty much your entire career from when you first got that idea and you saw the click. So the first year or two, you've been stuck to vacant lots the entire stuck, time? Stuck to vacant lots. I, yeah, I, w- I was showing homes. I mean, while I was getting my feet wet. Okay. I was showing homes and I was taking a few listings here or there. Okay. But then as my, the number of listings and sales I was getting with bacon line land were going, it just take up, took up so much of my time. I just specialized in that. And then after a while, everybody kept on looking at me, Phil, oh, he's the vacant land guy. Accepted. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Accepted. Well, let's do this. Let's fast forward to today. And people want to know, uh, did you really sell 409 properties last year as a solo agent? As a solo agent, 409 closings. Wow. Did it on my own. And I'm, I'm sure you're going to ask, how did I do it? First, I want to ask, did you have an assistant? No. Wow. Just me. Now I really want to know how you did it. <laughs> Here's the dream of the business. I've never seen any of the buyers. Okay. If, if, if a buyer's calling up and they want to take a, take a look at a vacant lot or they're interested in seeing a couple of vacant lots, I say on the phone, go right ahead. Take a look. It's right out there. If you like it, let me know. Call me up. If they want, if they call me up, I write an offer. Okay. Do I have to go to an inspection? Do I have to do an appraisal? Do I have to go down there and show their parents the home? No. Do I have to go back down there so they can take measurements of the room? No. Do I have to do inspections? No. Appraisals? No. No walkthrough. Do I have to go to the closing? No. Okay, so I never meet the buyer. I write the contract, send it to the title company, wait for my check. Wow. On this, on the sales side, okay, I never meet the I never meet the owners. They call me up. They got my postcard. Hey, can you help me sell my lot? Sure. Send in the listing agreement. They send it back. I list the property, write the contract, send it to the title company. I sit back here and wait for my check. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a machine. See, where a lot of agents, and of course, they're making a lot more money than I am, but of course, a lot of the agents are spending the majority of their time outside the office, okay? Showing homes or getting listings or having to do the inspections, even going to the closing. I mean, you go to a closing that's two and a half hours, 
Okay, right there. Okay. Oh, look at all this time I have. All I am doing right now is spending time on the computer and on the phone. If I can close you over the phone, I just write up the contracts and wait for my check. Amazing. Let, let me ask uh, on that line, how much time do you estimate that you put into, say, a buy side or a sell side? What's the total time start to finish, not including the marketing, once you get them started in your system? On a buy side, somebody calls me up for a lot. I tell them to go take a look at it. They call me up. I say, write an offer. I write up an offer. Okay, we're now in the 15 minutes. Okay, send the offer in. If they accept it, they send it back. Okay. 10 minutes. I send it over to the uh, to the title company. Is that another five minutes? Then wait for my check. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just at up 30 minutes. Is that right? 30 minutes. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> and this, it's almost basically the same thing, same thing on the sales side. You know, I want to, I want you to sell my lot, send them the listing agreement. That's 15 minutes. Put it on the, put it on the market. That's another 10 minutes. Nothing really that big. Send it, once I get the contract, send it to the title company. 10 minutes. Wait for my check. Do you have a negotiation phase in there that you're negotiating the contract back and forth? Over the phone. Yeah, yeah. but it's going pretty quick. Right. Yeah, but remember, I'm not dealing multi-million dollar properties. $22,000 lots, $20,000. How much leeway there is there? You know, you may say, okay, I'll take it for seventeen. I'll say, all right, 19, 18. I mean, you're going to be on the margin so small. I'm going to come to a deal pretty quickly. Okay. So it's really not that much time as far as, as far as negotiating because of the amounts that I'm dealing with. You know, and again, like I said, I got to deal numbers. I got to close a lot more, a hell of a lot more vacant land because of the, because of the amount of the properties. You got to do the units, the volume. How about uh, how much double ending do you do? You're a specialist. How many times do you work with both the buyer and the seller on the same transaction? I think the national average is like 2%. Really Same good. with me. Same with me. I mean, I wouldn't list the properties if I had the buyer. Okay. But it's a lot easier for me to throw it on the MLS, wait for the buyer. Okay. And I can sit back and wait for the contract. Take it. It's, it's a lot easier. Sometimes I do have the buyer. Okay, but most of the times it's easier for me to just throw it out there and get it done. And I think you said you're about 70% heavy on the sell side. Yeah, most of my business is I'm going to put it on the market. You got to come to me. Got to come to me to write the offer. Okay? Are you putting a sign up on the property to sell it? Every, every lot I have has a sign. And are you, uh, do you have a company that puts it out for you or do you drop it off? Oh, no, company puts it up for me. Thank God. Okay, because right, that saved you a little bit of time right there. And it's a lot of signs. A <laughs> lot of signs. <laughs> Is that where you're getting most of your buyer leads from those signs? Mostly, it's where, yeah, that's where I'm getting most of my buyers. Uh, every once in a while, I'll get an online buyer, but mostly it's people driving around. They see my sign and they call me up. Really that easy. So the more I list, the more, the more name recognition I get out there. Well, that's great. Um, now, again, I want to come back to this question just to confirm with everybody, you're only selling vacant lots. That's your niche. That's all you're doing. That's all I'm doing. Okay. Vacant land, start to finish. I don't, have the, I don't have the patience to go out and go out and do a home, especially right now. I can't afford to be out of this office for two hours. Okay. It would take me days to recover. Let me ask a different question. Uh, if you don't mind sharing, are you, what kind of income do you, what kind of commission do you charge on this thing? Are you charging flat fees? Are you charging a percentage like somebody would have with a house? So how does that part of this thing work? When I list, I do a 10% listing. Okay. That's usually the, well, you're not allowed to say standard, but that is the standard. That's for, for often what happens. How's that? Yeah, usually it's at this price, at this price range, it's a 10% listing. Okay. So the Cobrook is five. So I'm getting 5% on each, on each listing, okay? Again, small amount, okay? But on a $20,000 lot, I'm making 1000 okay? And I don't open that door. I am sitting here. 
<laughs> okay? So if I have, I, yes, I have to do a lot of them. But 5% commission, not bad, not too shabby. Not at all. Thank you for sharing. Um, are there any uh, downsides to the, your business model? Anything that you think people should know if they were considering this, uh, that they should be aware of? Any mistakes people make? Um, the mistake, so the, the biggest mistake is like, oh, well, it's just a vacant lot. Okay. It's, it's not that part, not that simple. Yes, you have to know vacant land. Okay. You have to know the zoning of the lot. You have to know whether it's city water or sewer. You have to know if there's any endangered species on the property. You have to know if there's any wetlands on the property. You have to know what you can build on the lot. There is some technical stuff to it. But, you know, like I said, when I started out, I don't know a piece of land from a kitchen sink, okay? But eventually, you start picking up things and you start realizing what you have to know about land, okay? Just the basics. Is it wet? Are there gopher tortoises there? What's the zoning, okay? You cover your basics just like you do for a home. So the downside is, downside is for agents is just thinking that it's just the piece of dirt, Okay. Uh, that, that's all you know. You can get in a lot of trouble if you sell a piece of dirt and it's not zoned correct. Right. How do you how do you make sure that you know that information, you have it correctly? Are you doing a due diligence? Do you call up the city and the county each time that you sell a piece of property? Or do you have a map? What do you do? Online. Online mapping. Call the city. Okay. Going out the door, I can't have time. Okay. But you can find most of the information out online or just calling the city. Do you, does your typical client have more than one property to sell or buy, or are these usually one at a time? One at a time, or the majority of the people are one at a time. There was a company a long time ago called General Development Corporation. I think they were in the, in the north, in, in somewhere in northern United States. They decided to sell every piece of land in Florida to everybody in the world. Okay, they all sold it as waterfront, oceanfront properties. Yes, they were crooks, but everybody bought a piece of land in Florida, okay? So the majority of the people, they own one or two lots, okay? Corporations, you know, they'll own a dozen lots. They may own a hundred lots, okay? But those people pick them up from the individuals who held them, and those individuals are all around the world. Hmm. So your, your typical client is an individual who owns one of these lots, however they yeah. got it, and uh, you're reaching out to them. We're going to get to that in a minute. You're reaching out to them in a certain way, and they're responding, and that's how you're meeting them. Um, so you're not, but you're not doing bulk sales is what I'm trying to get at. You're not going out and finding a piece of land, splitting it up, and selling lots. These are all existing lots. They've already been spread out to multiple owners, and then you're just reselling them. Yeah, the vast majority are quarter-acre lots, standard quarter-acre lots that somebody bought back in the 70s and the 80s, okay, and now they don't want it anymore and they want to sell it. That's <laughs> all it right. is. And those quarter-acre lots are somewhere between 20000 and below. And your your typical price you're saying is right around 20000 or so? I think we figured what, 22000 Yeah, about twenty two. Okay. Um, what's the what's the cheapest? What's the most expensive lot you sold in the last year? Last year? Mm-hmm. Our I, sold a lot, I sold a lot last I sold a lot this year for twelve hundred dollars. Wow. Okay. Um, I can't I can't think of the largest amount of hundred oh yeah, I did. One ninety five. Wow. Okay, I sold a hundred ninety-five thousand dollar lot. It was a, it was an acre lot. Um, I got that from somebody who owned a quarter acre lot. Okay, they owned a quarter acre lot. I sold for them. They said, "Oh, by the way, I have this other lot here. Do you want to sell that?" I'm like, sure. Okay, yeah, but you know, that's the only reason why I got. It. Are most of the lots that you're selling, are they uh, spot lots? Are they like already in a development that's already been built out and they just had a vacant lot? Or are they more out there in the boondocks? Because you're, as you mentioned, you're in Florida where they were selling some swamp land and other things way back. What did they, what's typically surrounding your lot? 
Mostly they're not in any HOA. They're not in a deed restricted area. They're just in the part of that part of town where you could build any single family residential home. And they're just spread out all over Florida. Some are in an HOA, some are not. Um, mostly the ones that are in an HOA, usually the builder's holding them. Okay. Or you, you will get individuals who sell them, but I, don't, I really don't look for those at all. I'm looking for the ones that are not in an HOA, not deed restricted. This seems to be the vast majority of my clients are coming from. Them. And is there, is there any development on the land or the land around it? Any, uh, street in front of it, any oh, yeah. pipes put in it. Oh yeah. So yeah, some of them, most of the lots will definitely have road access, telephone and electric. Okay. Whether they have city water or sewer, you know, that depends on where they are. I also send, uh, there also is a market for unbuildable lots. Okay. Road, lots with no road access or not buildable right now. Cause as the, pro, as the values for buildable lots goes up, it brings up the unbuildable lots. They're a lot cheaper, but you can still sell them. Okay. What does somebody do with a non-buildable lot? They camp on it, or what do they do? They hold it like a stock, hoping that the market continues to go up. Uh, for example, um, in 2005, I mean, a, a buildable lot was $50,000. Okay, An unbuildable lot was twenty. dollars okay? um, Two years later, that $20,000 lot was worth $1,500. And the buildable lots went from 50 to five. So as real estate goes up or goes down, it, the prices will continue to go up. So you can still buy an unbuildable lot, make money if it increases, and then get out of it and sell it. And somebody will pick it up. So a non-buildable lot sounds to me like it's a speculative investment. People are just investing on whether it's going to go up or down. They don't plan to do anything with the land. There's nothing to do with it. Right, exactly. And that, and the other reason is they can't afford to buy a buildable lot in the same area. So they'll take a chance and buy an unbuildable and hope the lot prices go up. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Do, do you ever invest in these properties? Are you investing as well? I when I started this business, I was, okay? And then my broker came to me and said, Phil, be an investor or be a realtor, pick one. You know, uh, I thought that was good advice at the time, you know? Uh, so no, I stay away from investing. I'm out of the market. I don't touch it. All I do is I move properties. Are these properties, uh, how are they financed? Is it always cash? Do people cash. get mortgages? What's happening? It's cash. It's always it's cash. cash. Yeah, you're going to be anything under $50,000. It's going to be really tough trying to get a loan. Okay, not many banks are doing vacant lots. I mean, vacant lot mortgages. So, yeah, 99% of my business, cash at the table. And it's cool. Well, let's do this. Let's talk about how you're finding these people and you're creating this market. You're kind of a market maker there. So how are you putting this all together? Uh, I, we exchanged some information before we talked, and I know that one method is generating 85% of your business. What is that method? Postcards. Postcards. That is it. I have tried, when I started out, I'm sure everybody else has done the same thing. You try the same thing. You try marketing Trulia, try in Zillow, Realtor.com. You even pay them for leads. Okay. I'm on LinkedIn. I was LinkedIn. I was on Facebook. Okay. I kept a track of how many, I did this for years. I kept a track of how many I closed using each one of these venues. And it came up to a big zero. I never closed any business that I got online. Okay. I got a lot of homework. Oh yeah. They'll send you a lot of leads and you have a lot of homework. Can you close them? No. Postcards. You know, again, this may be for my niche, okay? But postcards work. They cool. work. Um, I'm getting a one and a half to 2% return on postcards, okay? Which is amazing for, 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 for trying to generate business. When you say return, what do you mean? You smell out 100 and one to two people will reply to you? One to two people will reply to me off those 100 cards. 
Okay. Right. Of course, it's up to me to close them. Okay. Sure. So that's and the lease. Yeah, that's the lease coming in. The least. And yeah. I can tweak it up a little bit more by a couple things that I try on my own. Let's say that two leads come in. Well, how many of those will end up closing? Or 10 leads come in, how many will end up closing? Up to 10, seven. So 10 out of seven leads will seven, close. Seven out of 10, of the, seven, seven out of the 10 people that call me, I'll close them. That's great, wow. Yeah, okay. they close them face all, all, all by voice. Never meet any of these people in person. <laughs> right. Um, let, yeah, let's dig into this a little bit more. It's really interesting. Uh, so you've got these, we're going to talk about the postcard stuff, what it looks like. But first, I just want to get these big picture ideas out there for everyone. So you're sending out these postcards. You're getting an amazing return. 2% two, 2 or 1% to 2% are going to reply. 70% of those are going to close. So of each postcard, of each 100 postcards you send out, you're almost getting one closing. That's incredible. Um, so how many postcards do you send out in a given month or year? What are you doing there? Um, usually runs around three to 4,000 cards a month. A month? That I'm sending it. Okay. You know, of course, right. I, is have, that I have to different individuals or are you hitting the same person multiple times in the month? Different, different individuals. I'll pick a section of Florida that I want to hit, okay? And I will bang out 3,000 cards, okay? And then I'll switch to another area and hit them, okay? And then eventually, as I hit all the areas, then it recycles back and I'm going to the first group and I'm sending them cards. How often do you repeat back? So do you, how often do you go to the same property in the course of a year? Six months. So it's one every six months. They're getting one every six months. They're going to be getting another card. So someone's getting two cards from you a year. And two cards a year. That's your far, okay. your geo farming. So the old idea, geo farming. You're going out twice a year, and it's working great. But yeah. if you hit them at the right time, they want to sell a lot. They're going to call you. Right. That's that's great. Now you said the state of Florida. Are, how wide of an area are you able to work because you're doing it all from where you're where you're sitting? Is it just your local cities and county, or are you going through the entire state or a section of the state? Well, I, 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 hit, I hit the central part of Florida, east coast to west coast, okay? So even though I'm in Brevard County, I will still farm Marion County, Lee County, Highlands County, a lot of the places where there's a lot of cheap dirt that nobody wants to get involved with, okay? But there's business there. And there's the same pre there's the same owners in my area that still want to sell lots, okay? And I can do it from here, even if I'm selling a lot on the West Coast, because it's just a vacant lot, okay? And I'm not meeting anybody. Now, a quick word from our sponsor, Real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television, where top agents reveal exactly how they create consistent flows of home buyer and home seller leads into their practices every month. Need more leads? Hit the pause button right now. Open Google and search RealG TV. That's R-E-A-L-G dot TV. Now, back to the show. How far away this. from you is it? How far away from you is the furthest one? I know you're not driving there, but for instance, you have to have a sign person. You kind of have to know a little bit about the area. Oh, 300, How far three, away? 300, 300, 400 miles, whatever the distance is across there. And, you know, in some of these lots, I don't even put, I don't even have to put signs on. As long as I have the online exposure where people can see them, they're going to see them on the list. It's price generated. They want the live go by. Do you take a picture of it to put it online? Um, yeah. Street signs. I mean, I put a street map on there, aerials, tax record, um, tax record pictures, mostly everything that you can do online. I mean, yeah, it's you, not like a home where you have to go in and like look at the interior. <laughs> the carpet and everything, right. It's a big lot. So, but do you take an actual photograph of the land itself, you know, the dirt? No. So they, the people don't need that. They can make a decision based on the plat maps and everything, whatever else information you have. Exactly. And, you know, when you're buying a vacant lot, it's not actually looking at the vacant lot. Okay. They're all going to look the same. But um, people want to buy, buy them. They're, they're going to want to take a look at the neighborhood. They're going to take a look at the people, see if they want to live there. 
Okay, that's something I can't do, even if I take a picture of the lot. Okay, so I don't have to go to each lot and personally take a street picture of it. I can take a Google map picture of it, slap it on there, and leave it up to them to go see if they like the neighborhood. Right. It's a, it's a simple business. I love it. All right. So we let's go back to these postcards. So you're sending out these postcards. You're sending them out three to 4,000 uh, a month. How are you finding out the uh, owners of these properties? Do you, have you done a public record search and you've created the database? How did you do that? Tax records. It just, it's, it's, it's really that easy. Go to the tax records. You can sort by homeowners or landowners, size of lot, when they bought them. Download it right from there. Ship, ship, the, uh, ship the database to the, credit, to the postcard company with your template, and you just bang them out. And they go out every month. In Five these months. mailings, are you, do you hire a service to mail these out, or are you doing it yourself? No, I have a company. There's a company that Coldwell Banker has. They use. It's called Express Docs. You send them the database of people. You send them the postcard to uh, the, the template of the postcard. They put it all together. They mail it. They ship it. It's it's done. It's gone. How much is it costing you per postcard to do it with the service and everything else? It's. Uh, I think it's somewhere around sixty cents, sixty to sixty-five cents a card. <laughs> nice nice yeah because you can't use every door direct or anything because they're all over the place i can't even use the bulk but you're just going to send a first class mail just by postcard is it a postcard size a little small postcard little three by five card black and white no big deal hi you should want to sell your lot here are the prices ready give me a call Wow, <laughs> that is pretty simple, isn't it? it? It's very simple, you know? And like I say, you know, the majority of the postcards are getting thrown out with all the other men, okay? But I will get one and a half to 2%. And sometimes I'll get it a little bit more. But I do, I do a few things to the postcard, which sometimes comes in handy. Is it always the same postcard you're sending to everybody throughout yeah. the entire year? Yeah, but it's I, not I, I customized in any way? I changed the information on there. You know, which is very helpful, um, especially right now in the market. There's a lot of people who are sending out letters trying to buy these lots at lower prices, or they're trying to steal the properties. And for people who don't are out of the out of the state, they may not know. You know, they get an offer in there for five, six thousand dollars. They're thinking, oh, okay, I'm going to sign away. But my card will say, here are your starting prices. Okay which gives them an idea, okay, here's a realtor. He's telling me what they're going for. So a lot of these people that are sending in these offers that are low, they know not, not too cool. Since you're sending out 3,000 to 4,000 people, you know, uh, cards to different owners, they're all different locations, uh, but you said it's the same card. How are you giving that information and being accurate? Are you giving a range? Are you giving like, here's what the average lot is in this area? How, how, how are you kind of phrasing that? Well, what I do is I say, like, um, starting prices for a well water lot, 17000 Starting price for a city water lot, 25000 Starting price for a city water and sewer lot, 40000 Okay. Your lot, you want to know what your lot is worth? Give me a call. You're interested in selling your property? Give me a call. So you you know the lingo, right? You, you and so did these other people. You know the, I think you said a city water lot as an example. There's different types of lots that you classified, and the person that receiving this, they understand what you're talking about as well. You're in that niche. You you're talking a lingo. Hopefully, hopefully, but I I really don't care. Okay, I want it them to see my conversation card. Going. Yeah, I want them to see my card. Call me because they own a lot. I'll go over everything with them. Cool. I just want the call. Well, I, I have to ask you, you've teased this twice. You've said that typically you get one and a half to 2% response, but sometimes you'll get more by doing something. What do you do? Um, misspellings. Just keep, spell a whole bunch of words wrong. <laughs> you don't know how many people call you to tell you that you are, who did your postcards? Yeah. What is wrong with you? You, know, you can't spell? 
That works. That works in all my. I got to get you on the phone and calling me. I'm sure this is. I'm sure that. I'm sure, I'm sure there are variations of what I'm doing, but it works. So I misspell, or I tell the printer to fade it out a little bit, or make the font a little bit smaller so they can't read, they can, or they can't read part of it. Okay, but it helps. Okay, I don't do it all the time because then it looks sloppy. But I'll do it every once in a while, and and I get more calls. Then I'm like two, two and a half percent, but I'll get at least one or two calls more, okay, from making a mistake or getting sending them a card that they can't read. Wow, <laughs> nice. Now you said typically these are white cards with black print on them, very simplistic. Black and white postcard, three by five, nothing. Is it just one side? Is it printed just on one side and the, the stamp and the label are on the other? Or uh, do you print on both sides? No, that's it. That's it. Um, address and stamp on one side, my information on the other side, send them all out. Wow. Very, and do you put any pictures on it? Is it just text? Uh, what, what else is? What else would we every see while, we these things? Every once in a while, I put a picture of a vacant lot on there and it has a sale sign on there for sale. Okay. So I used that a couple of times. It, it, it hasn't helped. Okay. I can't see a, a big change in return for me putting a picture on. Okay. Do you ever put I, your picture on? No, <laughs> no. I want to sell something. I'm not putting my picture on anything. <laughs> Believe me. You, uh, so you just, do you have your call to action is call me. And your phone number. Do you have anything else? Do you ever send them to a website or any other thing? I have my email address on there. Every once in a while, they will they will email me. But the vast majority is phone. Yeah, vast majority they'll just kind of give me a call. And not only that, there's a lot of people um, who bought these properties who are elderly, and they don't use a computer. They have a landline. So the majority of the people are just calling me on the phone. Very nice. Um, and do you have a, an op? What's your offer on the card itself? Does it say, call me to find out how much your property is worth? Call me if you want to sell. What exactly are you saying to them to get that, that phone to ring? I start saying starting prices. Okay. Then, then the, my next paragraph is, you own a piece of property in... If you're interested in the complimentary market analysis, call me. If you're interested in listing your property for sale, call me. Thank you for your time. That's it. Simple model. Got to love a simple model. For my, for my niche, it works. Sure. And it's worked well. How long have you been sending out those postcards? Um, oh, it must be seven, eight years. <laughs> At least. Have you tried any other things that you mailed out? Because uh, you mentioned you tried other things like Zillow and other uh, lead sources, but have you tried any other mail types, uh, mailing anything else like a newsletter or something flashier, or more color or bigger, or anything like that? Ann Lander says if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> and it's working great. And it's working. Why, why, why reinvent the wheel? Sure. I'm happy with the postcard. So you're you're sending out um, three to four thousand cards a month. Let's go to the high side, four thousand. You said it's costing upwards of sixty cents a piece. So your budget is twenty four hundred dollars a month that you're sending out. That's About. your marketing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I figured that you have something like thirty four closings on average a month. Yeah. Uh, right. What's your average commission? Uh, it's. I mean, this is. Pretty good. Oh, you said a thousand dollars. So yeah, well, sorry, five percent. But you know, there, there are times you know it comes down to three or four. But it's a bigger average, four percent. Okay. So let's say that. So you're uh, you're probably bringing in twenty to thirty thousand a month. You're probably doing ten to one. Is where I'm trying to go on your return on yeah. investment on these postcards. Sound right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not That's bad. Good. Not bad. And I don't leave the office. <laughs> right. What what's your typical work week? Are you working Monday through Friday banker hours? Are you working all the uh, evenings and the weekends too? What what are you typically working? Seven days a week, from eight o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock at night. 
it's nonstop. You know, it, it, right now during the feeding frenzy, which is going on everywhere, it's basically nonstop. So um, I think when it was the, when we're, when we have down years, it, it slows down a bit on the weekends for me. Most of my most of my business is Monday to Friday, but now it's it's for the past couple of years it's been seven days a week, no break. Have you ever? But that's good, no one. Because with COVID around, there was not enough to do. Except <laughs> it was fine. Have you ever brought in an assistant or considered bringing in an assistant to try to free up some of your time? No, no. I'm fine the way I. I got. I, I, I'm. I'm fine the way it is right now. Everything's working smooth. Everything's working smoothly. Seven days a week. Yeah, I work really hard, but. I'm okay with that. This is good. Um, boy, is there anything else that we should know? Uh, let's let's focus, stay focused on these postcards. Is there anything else about the postcard we should know we haven't talked about yet? No, I really, I, no, not really. Get your name out there. As long as you keep getting your name out there, you will you will eventually do well. You know, and if you can if you can get a one to one percent or a two percent return, you're doing phenomenal. Yeah, that's pretty but awesome. Got, but it's just got to be continuous all the time. You know, you got to never give up on sending something out. For me, that postcards work. And for different people in different niches, you may have to do something else. This is really fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. You you also do you have a, a database of your past clients? Are you working that to ask them if they want to buy or sell any additional lots or any other type of real estate and maybe get a referral fee? Yeah, I, I have a database of, of people, mostly past clients, and I will send them an email every month generated by the company, of course, but you know, I have to load in the information. But a lot of the people that I've dealt with have their one piece of property, they sell it, they're done. Okay. And to get repeat business, not really. I'm not going to get it because they don't have any more property. It was so a win it's, it's hit and you're done. Sure. Sure. And that's why your system is so important, this postcards. It just keeps bringing it in. Um did you make any mistakes with your postcard, by the way, early days? Were there, were there things that you sent out that didn't work? And if so, why? I, I started out with letters as opposed to postcards, which meant that they had to open up the envelope. That didn't go well. That didn't go well because a lot of people see the business envelope. They know it's an advertisement they're going to throw in the trash. Okay. I, postcards... Postcards, they may throw them out, but at least you're looking at it. At least you're seeing something before you throw it out. Um, I was using bigger postcards, or colored postcards, or something that had a different message on there. Nothing worked. Okay. Simple, short, call me. Here's what the market is. Call me. I got to get you on the phone. Got to figure out something how to get you on the phone. Very nice. I was just trying to think in my head. You say you're sending out twice a year. So you got 3,507, um, about 21,000 properties in your database. Does that sound about right? You mean customers? Not customers, but properties that you're mailing out to, that you're sending this postcard to. Oh. Because if you're mailing uh, three to 4,000 a month over the course of six months, goes the, the first group. That's oh, I don't, I don't even, no, I, don't have a, I don't have a group per se. Okay, I have a section per se. Okay, so like um, Northwest Palm Bay. Okay, I will send a card. I'll go to the database. Every I pull up everybody who owns a property in Northwest Palm Bay. Send them out a card. The next time I do Northwest Palm Bay, I'm going to the database to pull up all the owners there right at, at that time. Okay, they may be new owners. Okay. But I don't know who I'm sending it out to. I'm doing it by section, not by people. So I don't know who I'm sending them out to. All I know is I want to attack this area of whoever owns a lot. That makes sense. I understand what you're saying. You're going around by geographic area, and that works for your marketing as well, because you mentioned if you're in this, your property in blank, 
this right. area and now they're all uh, homogeneous as far as the area and then the marketing message. Um, one, one other thing I should have asked earlier, did you, how did you get this knowledge base about vacant properties itself? For instance, if somebody wants to go out and learn about vacant properties, would they just have to go to the School of Hard Knocks and just jump in and research? Or is there some place they can gain the knowledge to understand what they need to know about vacant lots? By experience. I, I, remember when I, I remember when I started in real estate, um, somebody wanted to actually buy a house. Okay, and I went, wow. <laughs> but um, I, I wrote a contract. I wrote the contract so wrong. I don't even know what the person was buying. You, never, you couldn't tell what the person was buying or what he was making an offer on. That contract was horrible. It was awful. And I looked terrible. Okay. And I went through the real estate course, you know, and they teach you all these rules and they fines and ethics. They'll tell you how to write a contract. It's all hit and miss. You got to learn from experience. And that was basically the same thing with vacant land. Okay. When I started out, no, I didn't know anything. I just thought it was a piece of dirt. Okay. But on the first contract, then I realized when somebody said, well, what's it zoned for? Okay. I got to learn what the zoning is. Okay. So it is school of hard knocks. You learn the hard way. Got it. Very good. Thank you for bringing this to us. I'm sure people are listening to us and they, they have a question that I'm just going to ask for them. And that is, are you profitable? Is this business model profitable? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very profitable. I mean, uh, I'm thinking anywhere between a 68 and a 70% return. Wow. That's okay. Great. I mean, my, the way I have it right now is my biggest expense. My only expense is postcards. Okay. The rest of it is, you know, your MLS fees, your realtor fees, um, what the company takes, you know, takes off the top from me. Um, but it's, it's, and it, it runs itself. I have no expenses because I'm not leaving the office. It, it's, yeah, I, I, I've got a good niche going on down here. And I, hopefully the people can, hopefully the people that are seeing this find a niche in their area, which they would like to do. Okay. And sometimes it's, uh, sometimes to start, it's a niche where nobody else wants to do that. You know, I, we have 7,000 realtors just in Brevard County. Okay, but out of those 7,000, maybe 10 or 15 do, real, do vacant land. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully people find the, um, a nice niche where nobody wants to do it. What a great story about niches and the power of niches. Um, well, Phil, what drives you? Um, I've been competitive all my life. That's all I can tell you. I, 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 I want to be the best that I possibly can. I want to be number one. Did you see real estate? Did you see Realty Trends came out today? I didn't see it, no. I'm number nine in the country. I was, <laughs> I was number six last year. It bothers me, but I, I, I did very well last year. So I was number nine in the country at 1.2 million people, 1.2 million real estate agents. So I was ninth, ninth on the list for closes. Wow. But that I'm very fantastic. competitive. I'm very competitive and um, I will be till the day I die. Mr. Top 10. That is awesome. Congratulations. I was, yeah, I was thrilled. I was, I was very, I was very happy. It's <laughs> good. Although you want to get move up on that list, I, I want to be number one. <laughs> I want to be number one. I got to figure a way to do that. But I think it's in your nature. You're going to be, you're going to be very competitive. You got your own drive. So I think I know the answer based on what you've told me. But I'm going to ask anyway. If you were going to advise a brand new agent just getting in the business, what would you tell them to do first? Floor. Floor, do floor, and then second, open houses, okay? Um, floor, open houses, get your name out there, okay? Everywhere you go, wear your name badge. Everywhere you go. People want to talk to you about selling something, okay? That's if you're starting. That's if you're starting out. That's great. Well, Phil... I've come to the end of my questions for today. Do you have any parting thoughts for the listeners? Um, 
good luck. So I could basically say, and if you're starting in this business, assume it's going to take six months before you make any, before you generate uh, some income in this. But it will work. It will work for you. Just got to keep trying and keep getting your name out. I can't believe where I was, where I am today, starting out this business. I really can't. But it happens. Just got to keep plugging away. Beautiful. Fantastic. Well, Phil, thank you so much for coming in to talk with us today. Thank you. I can't believe 50 minutes passed by. I'm <laughs> over in 20. You, you were very good. Fun. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. And I hope this helps somebody. Uh, thank you, Phil. Well, that's it for now. Thanks for joining us on Success Calls. Keep moving forward. Bye. If you like the show and want to know when the next one's coming out, click the subscribe button. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, give the show a five-star review and write a quick comment. I read them all, and it motivates me to keep going and share the top agent success stories with you. Thanks. If you're looking for more ways to generate leads, check out our sponsor, RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television, and their giant database library of video trainings where top agents reveal, demonstrate, and discuss their best lead generation methods. Visit RealGTV, R-E-A-L-G dot TV. If you're low on funds or just want to get the maximum leverage, check out my masterclass webinar titled Top 5 Free Lead Sources for Real Estate Agents. Learn more at FreeLeadTime.com. That's FreeLeadTime.com. Oh, and if you have a real estate friend who needs some inspiration, tell them about the Success Calls podcast. And don't you forget to subscribe right now to hear all the great top agent ideas. Keep moving forward. You've been listening to Success Calls on the Mastermind Agent Network, where top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com.